0: Well, good morning, everybody. So, wonderful to see all your smiling faces. We're going to look at our, our um, mandate, what we feel God called us to do here, and uh, it's based on the New Testament model, and I just want to share a bit about why we do. Um, everything that we do in leadership and the apostolic and all of, if you go to our website, there is tons of stuff if you wanted to know more about it. If you go to NCMI, newcovenantministries.net, and you can pick that up on our website, and you go to resources, there are books on the apostolic, there's books on the prophetic, all of that written by various team members over many years. We partner as a church, and Deborah and I are part of this apostolic team, and there's, con- uh, there's churches in over 80 countries around of the world not many of them really big churches. Most of them are third world uh, from um, what, uh, Uzbekistan and what's that other place? Uh, where Mo- <laughs> just across town, Mongolia, through the Middle East. I have some friends that work into some very seriously dangerous nations. And... Um, and uh, so we pray for them too. So we're an apostolic team. We want to plant churches in every town and city that God opens for us and so on. And we see in Acts 13, 1, 2, 3, it says, Now the church of Ant- Antioch, there were prophets there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manan, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and sent them off. And uh, can you imagine if that church in Antioch said, no, we want Paul and Barnabas to stay. We're not going to release them. I mean, they must stay in heaven and see, looking backwards, what an impact on the nations and how many churches were planted for that. And so 22 years ago, Deborah and I and our three children were released from our home church in South Africa to move to Canada to plan a, a church. That without personally knowing one Christian in the nation. And um, the reality is this, that if we had not been released or sent by our home church in South Africa, and we had not obeyed and come in obedience to the call of God, Oceanside would more than likely not be here today. This church started in a room with just my kids on chairs in the lounge, And I'm always overwhelmed when I see you beautiful people, and I see the many people God has placed in our lives, and what gifted, anointed, and influential people you are. Our heart is to train and equip you so that you can go and be God. The church was never meant to be an event. Christianity is not a Sunday service or a meeting. It is a lifestyle. And when we come together here so that we can be trained, equipped, and encouraged, we have an incredible bible school going our resident theologian mark is uh doing stuff on uh, colossians at the moment uh he's going to do a four-part series while we go away for a holiday on colossians he's been studying that it's going to blow you away but every single one of our um of our talks so, and it started the bible school started with mark and a pair of shorts standing there with a gopro and about five or six people, I don't know. And it's growing and growing. But the amazing thing is, is that we get texts or emails from around the world that people are using our Bi- little Bible schools' uh, resources uh, to start their own Bible school. And so that's what happens. You start little and God opens it. So, and this is what um, the dream that God gave us um, Uh, And the dream was that we would, in him, to the best of our ability, create a multicultural community of friends. You know, all colors and creeds and so on, and we've seen that happen. A place where people would find love, forgiveness, and acceptance in and through Jesus Christ. A safe place where people would be restored. Many people come in, either uh, need restoration, unfortunately, sometimes from the church itself, sometimes from the world, and so on. So there's a process when people come into the life of the church where they just need to settle in, find out whether this is their home, uh, and this is where God wants them to, to be. And, um, and once they feel ready, they need to get off the cruise ship with their, on the deck chair by the swimming pool and say, this is cool. And we want to gently move them onto the battleship so if you're on the cruise ship now that's great but cruises only have a a certain lifespan and um so we we're encouraging everybody to get involved in the life of the church we never um we just open doors and so on um, because we have work to do in the nations we have work to do here and If everyone carries their load, it makes it a lot easier for others. And longevity is what we want. So we want it to be a safe place where people can uh, um, trained, restored, and equipped. um, And take what we've learned here, what they've learned here, and spread it to their friends and the nations. You see, Oceanside is not perfect. And sometimes by a long stretch. But that has always been our heart. There's no such thing as a perfect church. And I wish there was. And so, uh, in a nutshell, our dream is to be a gathering, healing, training, sending church. We want to gather in the lost, gather in people, get them restored, uh, trained, and sent. And um, and that's what we strive for. Like I said, we don't always get it right. For us to, and for us to be a community that truly embraces the Great Commission of Matthew 18 to 20. The great commission was not a great suggestion or a great omission. It's a commission from God to go into all the world. So our mission field starts right side out of this door in your workplace representing Christ while feeding the hungry, helping downtown whatever God calls you to. And so we can't say one day well when I get to Haiti I'm going to do all this stuff. We have poor people right here. We have people sleeping on the streets. We have people dealing with so many things. And God puts them in our a sphere of influence uh, in your workplace. God, you say, why have I got this sucky job? Well, there's people there that need Jesus. And if you are a, a, a light to those people, you know, um, pray God that they will too become disciples of Christ. You see, we want to plant churches, as we said, in every nation, town, and nation, country that God opens to us. In the last year alone, I was in um, South Africa, New Zealand, I think Australia, South Africa, and Canada. And, um, and this year, we've, you know, as I said, we've been to Haiti and to another church that needed help somewhere else. And um, that's what we want to be, to be a base church. And so when I'm not here and when we're not here, when teams are not here, in in Australia last year, because people say they want information, uh, we did uh, seven weeks there in seven churches and preached, I think, 32 times and taught in seven weeks. And every church you go to in another place, it's like you've never been anywhere before. You know what I mean? They all at the airport, wow, so good you're here, and they get home and say, well, tonight we're doing this, and tomorrow we've got a leaders' meeting, and then we've got this equip, and then we've got that, and you do that for four or five days, you have a little bit of a break, maybe a day in between, you fly to another, man, we're so glad you're here. Tonight we're going to do this, tonight we're going to do that, and so on. And, and it's a blessing, and God uh, gives us the grace to do that, and we wouldn't want to do anything else. But you're a part of that. The eldership team is part of that. When this church is strong, we can do more. When there's less bickering and fighting and when there's more finances, we can give more. We can do more and so on. God showed me this, this picture. Uh, he often gives me a lot of prophetic pictures. But this is the one. I, uh, he, I saw Oceanside, this little twig with some branches and leaves on it uh, starting to grow. And I saw myself picking off the leaves and then eating the bark. And I said, God, what does that mean? He says, this church has to grow and bear fruit. You cannot eat the leaves and you cannot eat the bark because you will kill the tree. So we, this is like a tree of life. The word of God, Isaiah says, it's a planting of the Lord to display his splendor. And so that's what we wanted to do. We want to train and equip you. How many of you may not even have dreamt of planting a church, but in four or five years' time, we might be sending you? But it starts here. If you're faithful here, if you serve here and you learn here. When Deborah and I planted this church, we had never planted a church before, but we had been in eldership and leadership for about 15 years before that and served in every area of the life of the church. And somebody asked us when we started and we had about four or five people, so how do you know to do all of this? And yes, we studied, and yes, we never went to Bible school. I did correspondence and all kinds of stuff to show ourselves approved. But I just, this came out of my mouth. You know, there's not one area in the church that we were not involved with either together or individually. The only area that I was never involved with in the church was the mother's room. Thank God for that. But what I'm saying is we didn't even know. If people asked us, can you help with the kids? We helped. Deborah led worship. Can you do the youth? We did that for five years. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, we were not heroes with just what we did. And when we came here, I have a financial background, uh, and uh, so I was involved in the finances. So I said, you know, when I said this, there's not one area of the church that we weren't involved in. So we learned on the job. So we knew how to start a Sunday school. We knew how to start a year. Deborah led the worship when we started having worship in that, and so on. And so that's what it's all about. Nothing is ever for nothing. But we sit here and we say, okay, in five years' time, I'm going to kick back because I'm going to plant a church. And you get there, out there, God help you. You need to know. You can learn on the job. It's such a wonderful thing that we didn't even know it was, and I could complain the, uh, more than most, believe you me. But not in front of my wife, because she wouldn't take it. You see, this dream we have is based on this foundation. Now, this is the th- the third quarter. So the fourth is coming after this. Man, you guys are going to enjoy that Super Bowl. And um, that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and not man. we wanted to build a New Testament model. If you go on resources, NCMI, you will see that model clearly laid out uh, in the book of Acts. And um, it says in Ephesians 1, 22, 23. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. Under him he has placed elders, deacons, apostles, prophets, and all of that to oversight. But under his authority and so on. And then so on from there. It's lots of stuff online. You can see that if you want to. You see, he placed that everything, um, him as the head and us as the body. In, and he says this in Ephesians 4 he gave some for 11 to 13. So Christ himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. To do what? Not to just feed them, not to just look after them, not to just care them, but to equip them for works of service. If you're in Haiti, you heard Marcel and his wife um, mention equip a few times because he drummed it in them. This is not a conference. If we leave here and you don't do it, what's the point? And I tell you, we've been invited back, and next day we're already having another equip in January again, so get your passports and and your malaria tablets and all of that. I got really ill there in the midst of that, in this short time. I did something that you should never do. I just saw the salad on the table, and uh, I'd eaten so much other stuff, and I just filled my plate with salad. Well, that salad hadn't been washed in good water. And so you can imagine what I was like. Um, I think I ate a box of Imodium every day just so that I could preach. But, but that's part of the, the story. And you say, he gave there to equip his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. For how long? Until we reach the unity of the faith. Have we reached that yet? No. So apostles, prophets, pastors, pastors, teachers, and evangelists are still needed. Uh, and then it goes on to here. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of God. So the fivefold ministry gifts, the apostolic gifts, are there to equip us and to help us grow up and then to send our sons and daughters to go and be God wherever they are, starting in Nanaimo. We also believe, and I'm not going to go through all of these, I've got the scriptures, that the Bible in its entirety is the inspired word of God. We don't add to the word, we're not to take for it. The Bible is not culturally relevant. The Bible is the word of God. Either culture has supremacy of the word, or the word has supremacy over culture. They both cannot have it. So when we say this part of the Bible is culturally relevant, we put in culture which changes by the day, changes by the week, and changes by the nation. We put in it above God's sovereign word. And in in the book of Revelation, there's a big danger for those who add or subtract from the word of God. So the Word in its entirety, we want to be students. Now, there are different ways of interpreting the Word, but there are things in the Bible that are non-negotiable. And that, you can say, is the Apostle Creed and all of that. Salvation through Christ alone. All of these wonderful things. You can look at our vision and values, and you can look at our uh, statement of faith online. In fact, if you want to um, serve in this church, you have to sign off and agree to those. It's not that... We're trying to make a police thing. We, it's just that we want you to know what we believe, and we want this place to be a safe place. And some people can't do it, and they can still come to the church. We, we want everybody. Orientations, color, creed, whatever. God loves them all, and God wants to set them free. And we want to be a place that gathers people, and no matter who comes. Jesus hung out with prostitutes and drunkards and illiterate fishermen. That's why his plan with a woman that had, had many wives. Why? Because he wanted them to get set free, and it started with loving them, for caring them, and uh, and re- and saving them. Does that make sense? Sorry, woman that had many wives. Yeah, I'm a husbands. Okay. Okay, that's your last chance. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I got that wrong. But we, in the mobilization of the priesthood of all believers, in praise and worship, but praise and worship to be a lifestyle and not an event. Our lives are to be worship. Our lives are to bring glory for, to God. The Word of God says that they will see our good deeds... And what will they do? Because they know we're Christians, they'll begin to glorify God. So it's not only what we say, it's what we do and who we are. So we we want to strive for that. And we've got ways to go. I have myself. Okay, there's so much more, and you can read it online. Uh, But getting back to the deacons that we want to release. Um, I just w- would like to say this too. And seeing Dan, if you could, wouldn't mind standing up there, and Charlene, if you don't mind, hi there. Wave, say hi to them. Be friendly. <laughs> and um, they've been here for a while. And uh, to help us, uh, Dan is coming uh, to work at Oceanside for two days a week. At this stage, we'll see where it goes. He's uh, very competent, very technical, and learning Avanto and how the administration of the, this goes. So he's been, they've been in ministry for how many years, so? time, 30 years? 30 years in different places. They understand the church. And, you know, Russ is a good teacher, but he's also got a high standard. So when I got back this week, and Dan has been trying to learn all the ins and outs and the back ends of Avanto and all of that. So I said to Russ, uh, how's Dan doing? So he said, uh, an eight out of a ten. So I said, jeez, that would take me about five years to get to that. So we thank God for, for bringing them alongside us, and we look forward to seeing that. So to deacons. I call deacons this. There's uh, this whole thing in the, that people think deacons are just the slaves in the church and all of this. We need deacons because they're in the Bible, and the apostles appointed deacons. They appointed elders. Jesus appointed apostles. So the church cannot function without good deacons in the church. It's a a high anointing. If you look at the book of Acts, I think it's 7, and then through to 8 with Stephen, these guys were full of the Holy Spirit with power. They started revivals, and Stephen even laid down his life for the gospel. They were powerful, and yet they served the body of Christ. And because they served the book of Acts, which was having issues with, uh, with uh, cultural issues and all kinds of things, because they were able to come and help bring unity back, these seven deacons, it says the church grew rapidly. So I call deacons the, glue that, the unsung heroes and the glue that holds the church together. We have a number, and we want to get we, we need, and we're, we're trusting for more. And if you want to find out the biblical role about deacons, please go and read Acts six, one to eight, 1 Timothy chapter three and Titus. You will find a lot about elders and deacons. You see, most people have the view that deacons are simply servants doing all the menial work with very little recognition. In some ways, this is true. Because they are serving Christ like we all. But that is only a part of the job description. If we look to be biblical, Jesus tells us that we are all called to serve. We don't point six, ten deacons and say, okay, you guys do it. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom are the servants. And Jesus was the servant savior. That laid down his life, served us, humbled himself, took on the nature of a servant. Philippians chapter 2 and obedient unto death so we all serve but there is an anointing on deacons there is an anointing on them to administrate and so on in different areas and a deacon at the door is no less important than the deacons that help in any other or vice versa we need them and we need more okay um we We said this before. There should be no spectators in the body of Christ, but just participators. And we see that in Stephen and then both mighty men of God. We chatted about this. So, So deacons help and administrate growth. How do they do that? By connecting people to the body. In Acts, it says, they said, we need time to prepare the word. We need time as elders and apostles to teach the people. So we need people that can help us administrate the people. So they help with growth and administrate growth and get people. They lead home groups. They do all kinds of things and so on. They help resolve relational differences. We see those cultural issues in the, in the church. And I want to tell you this, please, if there's misunderstandings or anything, chat about it I, we love questions we love to hear what the body of Christ is saying good, bad or indifferent it's not, the question is never bad it's the motive behind the question sometimes and we are very quick at picking that up but if it's generally upset about something or don't understand something or feel we could do something better or, or, and so on I'm asking you please to, to communicate because we don't want people to fall off. We want solutions. And maybe the very thing that is lacking in the life of the church that you've pointed out, that might just be the very thing that God is calling you to do. And that's what we want. We want solutions. Amen? Amen. They look out and care for the neglected and unloved, the shy and the hurting. We're a lot of people like that and sometimes they're overlooked and but we all should be doing that, amen? They release the elders to do their job. And at the same time, they operate in their own gifting and anointing, just as the elders do. Um, there's so much more. And you can see online, we have books and all kinds of things like that. And so, we are going to sit in some new deacons today. If I can have a picture of the um, deacons that we have already, and, um, and so on. I think there's no picture Okay, so um, uh, you can go online and you can see the picture there. We have a number of deacons in place, and I want to thank you guys that are serving. And the ones that are training, there's times and seasons, I understand that, that people need to step back and step up. So if you're in a time where you still need refreshing in that before God, please, um, this there's no obligation but if you feel that listen we can carry some more of the load just come chat to us and we can spread it a bit more and so i'm going to ask mark who who oversees the training and all of that and he's going to call the people up and then we're going to pray for them
1: yeah so this is an exciting time as mike said we're setting in some additional deacons to come and along our team Every one of us are deacons in the church. It just means servant. But there are people that God calls in a particular role as deacons. And we're just excited to set them in. I'm just going to read their names and just ask you to come up front this morning. We want to pray for you. So, Brian and Sue DeShifford. <laughs> huh. Mark, Markie, just step back and then they can stand here. Alyssa Dirksen, come on up on the stage if you can. Zoe Grant, Doug and Heather Hogue, Rosemary Leo, and Nate and Jocelyn Lord. Yeah, churches that I was part of maybe in the past, uh, you know, we figured we would give someone a title and they would start to do things. At Oceanside, it's a very different approach. These people are already deking. Um, you know, they are already involved in ministry and doing things, so it's a very different model. We're just recognizing what God has already put on their lives formally praying them in. I want to ask the elders if you'll come up on the stage as well. This morning, we see this pattern in in Act, in Act Six, as Mike mentioned, where the elders of the local church pray and set the deacons in. Come on right up, right up on the stage. I think, if you guys could. Um. So there's a
0: there's a number of people that are um, have been trained and they praying into it. We will, they need to hear God themselves. So I want to thank you guys that went through the training too, and God bless you. So. Yeah, we're going to pray for the,
1: for the deacons now. So, A lot of the questions as we were going through the training was, what does this mean? Do I do something different? In reality, you probably don't do much different than you're already doing, but there is a mantle that comes, a spiritual mantle that we're going to pray about right now, that the Lord gives you an anointing for this role and for this task. It's a spiritual role. We want to pray for you right now. Maybe I'll pray, Mike, and if you sure. want to close. Lord, we thank you for each of these precious people, Lord. Lord, I thank you for their willingness to already be serving. or they don't need to wait for a title. They didn't need to be recognized or clapped, although we're glad we did that, Lord. They're already serving in the church, Lord. And so now, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for an anointing for each of these that would come, a, a powerful anointing for your purposes and your calling in their roles as leaders in this local church. Thank you, Jesus. Come now, Holy Spirit, come and bring your anointing in this group, Lord. Knit them Jesus. into the existing group of deacons that we have, thank Lord. You, Lord, we thank you for the growth, Lord, and we need more yeah, to carry the weight, and these are people that are carrying weight already. We bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Let's stand again. It's like football, eh? <laughs> Wow.